You're tuned in to the Point Pleasant Podcast, the PPP. Check it out. It's even better than a government loan. This podcast connects residents, businesses, charities, and local events in the Point Pleasant and surrounding areas. Get live, get connected, as the PPP introduces you to all things Point. Yep, that's right. Hosted by Bay Ave business owner Michael Langsner from Haven Sweet Shop. Let's get started. The Point Pleasant Podcast. Valen, you're back, and this is episode number 30, and you are here for the third time. I don't think any guest has actually repeated other than you, so. I know, I know. This is becoming a thing, right? It is. So this is the Point Pleasant Podcast, and you are here because you're a big part of Point Pleasant and uh, what's to come. So I have no real um, topic today other than kind of recapping the last few weeks and then talking about the upcoming couple months of what's going on in Point Pleasant. And there's so much excitement and, and it's just it's good to be here first off, right? Right. It's amazing. It's really amazing what's happening in Point Pleasant Beach right now. Like the buzz and the vibe and the excitement. It's it's intense. It's very intense. Uh, we got Mary Jo already checking Yay, in. Hey, Mary Jo. We, we have an audience already. So now I love we're, her. Pressure's <laughs> on. Um, so, listen, I, I want to talk about a whole million different things. And we only have like 30 minutes roughly. Um. First thing I want to talk about is the art festival or the, yeah. I'm going to say it wrong, but I keep calling it art festival, but the beach party with the art being yeah. big, bold that just happened last Thursday. Like that to me was one of my favorite days. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, it was amazing. It was very, very well done. And, and, and you know, the art council, the chamber really pulled together an incredible, incredible event. And, you know, shout out to Christy Monticello who really, really, did a phenomenal job with it. Um, so and let's, it was, let's, let's go backwards, just for those who have no idea what this is or was. Um, Christy is part of the Art Council, and I maybe is she the president of the Art Council? I don't. She's know on the like the board of directors of the, okay. the Art Council. Yeah. So, so the Art Council in Point Pleasant is doing a lot and working with a lot of businesses and organizations to bring more of an artsy feel to the downtown, everything from painting murals on the side of the buildings to yeah. uh, putting up pictures and windows of stores fronts that are out of business. And the idea came to let's do a art festival and yeah. close Bay Avenue. And um, as an owner of Bay Avenue, I was like, this is cool. Like it's gonna get people on the street. It's kind of weird that the street's gonna be blocked from physical car traffic, but how many more people are gonna be on the street? So as an owner of a business, I was like, let's do this. This is awesome. And I, I really had no idea what to expect. The last couple of months have been a whirlwind for me. Yeah. Um, and I was actually out of town and I flew in, I drove right to Point Pleasant and it was like this amazing feeling and, and Fallon, like, I know you saw it, but like maybe me coming like off an airplane, driving into Point, the feeling was electric. Like yeah. I got out of my car and I heard a band playing. I yeah. saw these pop-up tents lining the street, people walking with their dogs and kids and strollers and it just was magical and this was like yeah like a random thursday and i think that these events you know as, as these events continue to unfold and build and grow and expand i mean we're really starting to see the power and the impact of events like this from a 
multiple facets, right? So this is not just, hey, this is family friendly and fun, but it's giving back to the community. It's giving back to the businesses and, and it's creating a, um, a real sense of community that I think has always been there in Point Pleasant Beach, but is now explosive. The energy is really explosive and you have you know, you have your veterans and then you have some new fresh energy that's coming in and it's all kind of mixing up and like, you know, the baking bowl together and it's making this beautiful recipe. And I love that you're saying that you feel that because I think that that, I think that's the goal of all of the committees and all of the, the, the players that are involved in creating these events is that's, that's the energy that they want to create. And so Let's kind of go down that road for a second. There are a lot of committees and groups and organizations and, uh, you know, there's there's so many, I don't want to say this negatively, there's so many chiefs kind of running the excitement in town and yeah. we're finally all starting to align. And that's, you mm-hmm. know, I, it, it's, it's tough when you have, as you said, you know, some of the veterans and now some of the newbies, but um, I think everybody's heart is in the right place of bringing mm-hmm. Point Pleasant, you know, mm-hmm. back into the radar. And, mm-hmm. you know, post COVID, I, you know, I hate talking about COVID, but post COVID is like a different world now and people are yeah. excited to get out and excited to do things. Well, uh, I think you and I have had a conversation about this before. Like I've, I know I kind of always drill this in everyone's head when they're like, you know, this is a hard time for business. The, this is also a really unique time. If you pay attention to history at all, after war, famine, pandemic, you know, whatever it may be, always comes this very enlightened period where art and music and, and cuisine and, and everything that delights all of the senses typically come alive. Mm-hmm. And I think there's like this real cool opportunity Um, And this synergistic kind of partnership that's happening, not just from an economic standpoint with our businesses, but also in terms of being very creative. And the committees play a huge role in that. You know, in town, we have an art committee, we have a beautification committee, an environmental committee. I always get it wrong. I think it's Shady Tree. Tree shade, shade, shade tree, shade, shade, shade tree. I always get. I'm sorry, shade tree. Um, our senior committee. You know, we we really do have like very um, engage. Oh, recreation committee too. How can I forget the rec committee? I mean, how could we forget the rec committee? Yes. We're on it together. Um, but you, you have all of these different committees and what's happening is, is it's all kind of coming together where everybody is working together and then even doing separate events too, which I think is good. I think that's important for everybody to have, you know, a slice of the pie too. Um, and I think that this is monumental for Point Pleasant Beach. I'm not quite sure that this has been done in the past or by history, but what we're really starting to see is by creating those partnerships and everybody pulling together, it's benefiting everyone from from right. children to you know seniors to businesses to the council, um, and I I think that that's that's what makes Point Pleasant Beach a standalone town and what makes it spectacular. It's a reason why I want my child to grow up in this town and why I moved here and why I'm you know invested in this. Right. I Mary Joe's is 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 checking in. She said that this kind of started with your uh, Monday night dance parties in December. Uh, there were Monday nights though. Uh, what was the Tuesday? They were they were two two Tuesday. Yes, two two Tuesday. <laughs> uh, and that was in Fallon. I give you credit because like nobody was a, allowed to have fun, and like you kind of broke down the barriers, and you're like, 
you know, we're going to have fun outdoors. We're going to wear masks. We're, I don't care that it's snowing and literally 20 degrees outside. Yeah. And you brought friends together that didn't even know they were friends. And Thank now, you. I mean, that was last December. So that was nine months ago or seven months ago. Like it's, it's wild. So now fast forward, seeing businesses like the she shed opening up or, or who have opened up, excuse me, they have become my friends through these dance parties and, yeah. Um, you know, when, when, uh, Karen, I keep joking and kind of saying that, like, I feel like we're all like on the monopoly board and we're all buying property in downtown <laughs> Point Pleasant beach, but yet it's like a bunch of friends that get to hang out and work together. And it's, yeah. it's so fun. You know, it's so fun when we all hang out together and it's, it's so much fun. You don't feel like you're at work. You feel like you're just part of this. I don't know. You know, you see the wild birds, like you're just part of this community that just supports and encourages and fuels each right. other in, in the nicest and the strongest type of way. It's awesome. Right. right. Um, the way that it's the way that everything's coming together. And, and that's a great way of saying it, like a monopoly board. Cause we, we are <laughs> like, and, and none of us are playing a game. I mean, like we're all here. This is, this is serious. Like, you know, yeah. I, I put my, you know, retirement into this business. Um, my very last podcast was with 3G golf. Um, or, and what a great story. Also, you know, local family that, you know, the parents moved out of town and kind of came yeah. back to help like, build this family business, you know, right on, on Arnold, like. And I really think you're, cool. you're touching on something that's important, right? You know, I, I love the Yates. I think they're fantastic. I, I actually got to meet Colleen at B2 um, right after the St. Patrick's day event and immediately just, you know, became uh, very drawn into her and, and everything that she stands for as a woman, as a mother, and now as a business owner. And I think that you're hitting on something that's incredibly important is that, Pleasant Beach, you know, we're a family friendly town. And so even when you walk into the businesses or you walk in the downtown or you just walk the streets, there's this sense of community, but there's really the sense of family where we want to maintain that integrity of our town. And I think what you're starting to see is there's a lot of new businesses and there's a lot of people coming in and working together and there's different committees and there's different events, but it's all rooted in the belief and the vision to maintain a family-friendly town. And I, I think that we're only going to see that expand and get better and better right. and better. Right. It's so true. So I want to move on a little bit. I want to hear like what's going on in your world because <laughs> you, you were actually on episode number one and, and you mm -hmm. kind of introduced – a lot of people knew what the Gottlieb was or maybe they had their own ideas of what the Gottlieb will be. But right. now you're a whole lot closer that I don't know. When did I do my first podcast? I, I maybe it was in February. I don't know. Weekly, but I slowed down. Um, so January or February, I guess we started this. So yeah. that let's fast forward. You're six months later. Yeah. Um, you, I, well, I don't want I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Where are you at with this? When can the world finally expect to like walk in the doors and what could they expect to see? Oh my goodness, that's such a loaded question. Well, first and foremost, you know, we're we're dealing we're dealing with a building that needs a lot of work, right? I mean, it's it was built in 1906 and Steve and Sue Fisher, like hats off to Steve and Sue Fisher for saving this building, for investing in this building and, you know, for providing what 
should become the heartbeat of, of, of the downtown. And I don't mean that in a proprietary way. I really mean that in that this has the opportunity to demonstrate what we can do with our history and with our buildings and where that can go. So that being said, and in our, you know, we're in the, the thick of construction. Um, Daryl Monticello and Don Slott are doing a phenomenal job with their crew in, in making sure that we have a nice sound building to work in. Um, the, the original brick is all exposed. They're, the subfloor is laid down. The basement is, is uh, repaired. And so now we're moving into the next phases of, you know, mechanicals and framing and all that kind of stuff. Once that's all completed, um, I have a team that's coming in to do my build out. And um, I don't want to give too much away because I really am very committed to when we open, when people walk in those doors, you're going to feel Point Pleasant Beach and you're going to learn things about your town. You're going to learn things about your history and you're going to learn things about all of the important influencers and um, families and businesses that are a part of um, our town. And so I'm working very, very hard to curate a space that that celebrates all that. And if this is kind of a cool thing I want to show you this. Um, one of the things that I had done was um, talk with Marilyn Schwebel. And Marilyn is uh, of the Gottlieb family. And I'm so grateful to her and that, you know, she's kind of entrusted me to um, carry out like that family legacy because the Gottlieb family really were the family that were the catalyst of the, the downtown. And she came and she gifted me, and I'm going to show this to you because I think it's so I'm cool. Excited. Okay. All the original blueprints oh, to the wow. Gottlieb building. Wow. Um, and she gave these. I'm is, like, it, is that dated? Yeah. Is that dated 1930? Yeah, everything is dated. Um, you know, she literally gifted me an entire accordion folder of the original deed and the survey and the original receipts that were uh, native to that building. And these are the types of elements that you're going to see within the space to celebrate the history, but also merging in, you know, we talk about veteran and new energy, merging in that new energy as well. Um, and really what we've been doing in the background while we're waiting for construction is we've started to onboard our, our vendors and I'm kind of excited to share some, I can give you a little sneak peek of some news yeah, that's so, coming in. So that, that I, I was going to ask, I know, I know there's a there's going to be a lot of food stuff going on and yeah. a lot of art stuff and music. So can yeah. we hit each one, one at a time? Like, yeah, so, sure. Yeah. So food. I, I just actually, yeah, what, starving, so, so we've selected our five permanent food vendors at this point. Now we were going to have other food vendors within the space, but our five permanent vendors. Um, and I really wanted to focus on providing diversity um, and something that meets the needs of our consumers, our residents and our tourists. So um, we'll have a full time coffee and pastry shop um, with Ian and Talia Clark, who will be sourcing in from all over the country, from famous bakeries, all different types of um, baked goods and pair them with different espressos. But these are coming from famous bakeries. There's a Michelin star French pastry chef who's going to be working with them. It's like it's unbelievable. Um, local Urban Kitchen will be coming into our space, Majid and Marwa, oh, and they wow. will be doing all of our organic, vegan, vegetarian foods. I'm very excited. I've known Majid for years and talk about like talk about a family. I mean, they are a family and they've been family to me over the years as well. Is, so it's is this 
in addition to their space? Like I know that yeah. mm -hmm. I know their space is like going through construction. Are they reopening that location? Yeah, so they're working through navigating all of that, but they will be doing, you know, both and they have their space and wall. So this gives them a downtown presence, which is really awesome. cool. You know, that gives them an opportunity as well. Um Eric from Point Girl Latin Cuisine is going to be Yay, doing Latin street Eric. food. <laughs> um, so he will keep his fine dining establishments and he's going to be doing um, Latin food, like Latin street food. And what he has planned will knock your socks off because we know how Eric does it. Um, a big surprise, nobody knows. Um, Daniel Ventresca is coming into the space and we are going to have ramen and noodles and possibly some Indian fusion in there. So now you come to the ramen bar and he has a concept that's going to like knock your socks off with what he's doing with his, with his bowls and just kind of bringing in Japanese culture into our space. And last but not least, we have Miss Meg Lamana, and everybody knows Meg. Um, Meg has been the chef at 709 and at Point Lobster, and Meg is going to be doing fusion foods like Mediterranean, Peruvian, and she's going to be, um, she makes all of her own like jams and sauces, but everything's colorful and really plays on your senses. Um, so she'll be opening up Muggsy. So this is a really cool opportunity for her too. Okay, so you just rattled off. Was that six different? Five. Five? Five. Five different mm -hmm. permanent food vendors. Now, yeah. how many days a week are they there? Like, what? And, and do you know? Listen, I know yeah. you're not open yet, so things are definitely going to. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a nice segue. This is a nice segue. So I'm, you know, one of the things that I, I did in the background, a lot of people don't know this, is like I've really spent a year and a half doing research, um, like a full-blown needs assessment in our town from looking at this from the perspective of, uh, a tourist, a business owner, a land, a landlord, or you know, building owner, a council member, a committee member, uh, a chamber member. I really spent the time to kind of look and see what we needed. And one of the things that stuck out to me when I was looking at um, like census data for Point Pleasant Beach was just like the demographic of our population that are year-round residents, and it's predominantly youth and teens and seniors. Which is interesting because if you really think about it, we have very limited resources, which they're improving and, and they're growing, but we have very limited resources for those two dem demographics, yet that's predominantly what we have in our town. And so to kind of answer your question in terms of hours, I really wanted to, to craft a space that meets the needs of everyone in our community. So on Mondays, the, spa the space will be closed to the public, but it will be donated to the committees, to chamber events, to, uh, you know, business owners who may need space, to the nonprofits, to like, like the scouts, anything that is needed, it will be gathering space. Um, and it'll also be a space for the businesses to come together once a month and kind of talk about how we can support one another and how we can create hybrid products and different types of synergy. Like, you know, maybe we're going to host a runway show with all of the different retailers in our town that sell clothing or items. They can come into the Gottlieb and we can do a runway show and pull everyone together. Um, Tuesdays are going to be focused on youth. So it'll be like youth and teen nights. So at night we might have like garage band wars with the music program at the schools and kind of bring them in together, creating different programs, creating different um, enrichment opportunities for our youth and just a place for kids to be able to gather that's safe, that's supervised, that they can, you know, be a part of 
being educated and, 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 you know, having an opportunity to look at art and music in a very different way, as well as experience different types of food. Wednesday will be a family friendly evening. So we'll do different types of like trivia games or karaoke, whatever it may be that the, that the families need so that moms and dads can connect with their kids. And no. this can become a space for that. Hang, hang um, on a sec. These five restaurants, how do they tie in? Like Monday night, will the restaurants be available Tuesday? And what, like, and I'm going to get there. Oh my God. I'm sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get there. Cause Your when I story is so like, there's so much going on. That's like, yeah. it's hard to explain yeah. it. Like a lot of people are like, wait, what they don't understand the concept. And a lot of people don't understand what a public market is too. So I try to explain it step-by-step step and then pull it all together in the end. So Wednesday family, Thursday, senior night, you know, Mahjong, Pinochle, all different types of game, swing music playing, that kind of a thing. And Friday and Saturday night will be ticketed events. So like more of the live performances that are ticketed. We have record label performing artists that want to come into the space and we're lining all of that up. That being said, so how do the food vendors work? So one side of the Gottlieb, the left side is being dedicated just to our food vendors and they can stay open all the time with the exception of Monday. We want Monday to be closed to the public. The way that this kind of works, which is unique is it's a pairing of everyone's talents together, but it showpieces and showcases and highlights what they can do. So I'll give you an example. Um, it's Tuesday night at the Gottlieb. Tuesday night is our teen night. So we have a young man named Jared who paints skateboards and we have a huge skate and surf culture here in Point Pleasant. Vibrant colors. This, he's unbelievably talented. So you'll come in on a Tuesday night and we'll have kind of like a 311 style band playing, showcasing what they do. This artist will be live painting on the stage with the band the set production team that I'm working with will literally turn the space into it'll look like waves in lighting all throughout, you know, the space where all of the other vendors are. So it showcases them. And then the food vendors will be doing a little battle of fish tacos, you know, so you kind of come in, you get the experience of the fish tacos wow. and you get okay. to taste what they do. And it's not just, you know, internal. I mean, we want to invite the other businesses to participate as well. And so every single day and every single night, will be a different theme that pulls in and highlights what everyone's talents are. Because, you know, when we did our open call, I, 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 it was unbelievable meeting the talent that exists in our town and in our backyard. Okay, and a lot of up. these people- Hold up, hold up, hold up, uh, uh, hold up. I know what an open call is, but I, and I saw little glimpses of it, but explain open call and, you know, what this process was for those that don't know, you know, the behind the scenes of that. It was amazing. It was two 13 hour days of every 15 minutes meeting with interested vendors who want to come into the Gottlieb and be a part of this. And when I say to you that the talent that rolled in, the passion, the integrity and the dedication to whatever their craft was, was awe inspiring. Um, even our mayor came and, you know, he was like, oh, I'm very busy, but he was like, can I stay? And like, he was having so much fun. And I was like, yeah, stay the whole, the whole time if you want. So basically uh, anyone who is interested in becoming part of the Gottlieb and being part of team Gottlieb um, registered to come in for an open call and you met with our team. And so one of the things that we provide is an ancillary team of support as well. So we do everything for you in-house. We do marketing, IT, 
web designing. We have a multimedia room that's going in the back space so we can put the podcast in there and the radio stations in there so we can constantly be talking about what's happening in our town. So these vendors came in and, you know, it sounded like it was an audition. It wasn't an audition. It was a meet and greet to kind of see like, can we really use your product or can can we fit you in the space and make sure that you're happy here? And I think one of the things that really hit me and is something that's continuing to be uh, a huge motivator to me in, in terms of how I wanted to develop a sentimental space is how many people started crying at the end of their meet and greet with us and really? feeling like they were accepted and feeling like they were going to have a real opportunity to take something that maybe they've had to make a hobby because they had to have the obligation of having the job to pay the bills and seeing that reverse and just just how they felt heard and appreciated like you know every single person who came into this space they said look i want you to look at it this way you know if you're an artist or a musician or you're a chef or if you do anything within that artistic element it's often beaten out of you it's really beaten out of you this is not a real job this is not a real career um, and I, I, I would say this to every person that would come in, I would say, well, I want you to look at it a little bit differently. You can be a CEO, but a CEO can't do what you do. They can't. Unless they have that talent, they can't do what you do. You can't create talent. You can't learn that. It's just part of who you are. And that is what I want to celebrate in this space in a huge, huge way. I mean, the ideas in here are super crazy, and I know that. But this is, this is really a place that celebrates people, business, talent, community. And I want to make sure that everyone who comes into that space has that shared vision and passion. So that was really what Open Call was about. And uh, we've had over 150 applicants so far. Wow. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so so it's the question crazy. everybody's asking, and yeah. I sh I'm sure you are too, is when can they experience this? So that's a great, you know, like I wish I could answer that question completely for everybody. I think that where we're at right now is, you know, we're, we're moving through construction. And so um, once they're done kind of doing all of their pieces, my team needs three weeks. And then after that, we're opening and we're going to open up in phases. Like it's not going to be all at once. I think that's important for the community to know. Like we have to, there's a lot of moving parts to this and we have to make sure that the vendors are being set up for success. That's very important to me. I'm, I'm highly committed to making sure that if, you know, the Gottlieb is going to bring in 150 new businesses to our downtown, I want to make sure that the I's are dotted, the T's are crossed, and that everything is, is really smooth and moving well so that everyone feels good about it. Um, I would like to be open September. And, a lot, you know, it's funny because I Sure, and you've heard this, like, oh, you have to be open in the summer. You have to be open in the summer. And I'm like, I feel like it's so much better for me to open up in the fall because in the summer, everybody's on the boats, they're at the beach, and and what happens in our town? Like, let's let's really be honest. If you pay attention, everything shuts down as soon as you know the the fall and the winter months kind of come. It gets very quiet in Point Pleasant. So to be able to have an opportunity to be a little bit of a spark that can maybe continue to draw in foot traffic and and you know kind of be very supportive to the existing businesses and work together, I think will be a good time to open. I really do. I think it will. With with the emergence and like this enlightenment period of kind of music and art post-COVID, coupled with what's going to happen with the, you know, the historic shift of what happens seasonally in the town, some people look at it as a detriment. I see it as an opportunity. And I, I think that it's going to be incredible. I, I agree with you. Um, 
you know, I, I opened a candy and ice cream store and everybody told me summer, you're going to kill it. And actually the holidays were better than the summer for me. And, and yeah. I had a weird year cause it was pandemic, but um, December and February, you know, in the middle of the, the shutdown were solid. And that's, um, yeah, more so. Why than, do you think you that know, is? Like, what do you think contributed to that for you? It's that's an interesting thing to talk about. Like, you know, as I do market research and needs assessments, like it's it's really, and we're looking at this like transformative benefit of what's going to happen. Like, what do you think contributed to that? Um, I, well, the, the 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 number one piece I think is the um, shop local initiative. Like this past holiday season, everybody had that shop local, you know, initiative yeah. uh, where government was almost forcing people to go to the Walmarts and targets of the world. Like people took a stand kind of against that. Yeah. Uh, Mary Jo, I, I, I love Mary Jo. She's, she checks in and says chocolate bombs. <laughs> I agree, Mary Jo. They were amazing. <laughs> the chocolate bombs made my winter. I, I mean, if you had asked me. I bet you can't wait to make them again. Oh, actually I'm having nightmares. I was a little Oh, I know. I already. I will attest to this. I watched Mike make chocolate bombs from like, I don't even know, five in the morning until midnight. It was hysterical. The things, the bombs that were coming out of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So I think the shop local initiative truly is something that we need to kind of re-spark too. Like, you know, just because it's July and, you know, businesses are reopened doesn't mean to kind of stop doing that. And and we all kind of do fall into our comfort zones like it is way easier to go to costco and pick up everything rather than going to a little market and then a little boutique but like we have to kind of re put ourselves back in check and i i I think you know to kind of answer this question in in a long-winded way i think that's what like last week's um art festival outside was you know i bought two pieces of art yesterday last week Uh, one of the store attendants here bought a, a handmade hat like there was fashions, wearables, jewelry, and like all of this was in one mm-hmm. area. And yeah. maybe it was our own makeshift Walmart, you know, like to walk around. It's, the it's, a, it's actually very much synonymous with a public market. It's a micro cluster of, you know, multiple uh, merchants coming together that offers diversity and culture and, and variety. And that pulls people in for sure. Right. So, let, let's take this conversation for the next few minutes before we uh, we're ready at 30 minutes. You and I could talk for hours, yeah. but let's take this into what's going on now in town and other upcoming events like the art festival that just happened. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's the anticipated seafood festival yeah. in September 18th that yep. everybody is the bonfire again. Um, the town wide local bonfire, which is going to be me. I mean, did you go to it last year? No, what is that? I, I Oh, I so on September 11th, um, down on Maryland Ave Beach, we have this huge, huge bonfire on the beach. They have live music, and it's it's spectacular. Last year's was – I was there last year. There was this great, like, Led Zeppelin cover band. It was amazing. You just come. Who's, you bring your beach chair. It's at night. Say that again. I'm sorry. Who's, who's the sponsor for that event? So I, it, it's the recreation committee that's pulling okay. that one together. And if I'm wrong, someone, someone, you know, don't get mad at me. Just correct me, uh, you know. But um, it's it's really an experience. Um, I I highly encourage everyone to attend that. We have the tug of war coming up over the inlet as well. Um, I believe that's also recreation committee. 
Um, and yeah, I uh, say, as, as soon as this coming Friday, which is the 30th, uh, is concert in the park. Uh, yes, the 31st at the band I'm, show. I'm participating in that. I'm, I'm excited about that. So, um, you know, I, I yeah, you're doing it. sweets, right? Or do, are you yeah, doing? I'm gonna I'm gonna have a pop up sweet shop uh, there. You know, so while you're watching the concert, uh, you know, we'll have ice cream. We're gonna have chocolates. We're literally making some fresh yes. chocolate covered pretzels right now. Yes. Um, we're gonna do hot dogs, churros, pretzels. Like, you know, we 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 want tunes and treats. Yes, it just goes <laughs> hand in hand together. Um, so that's this Friday night, and. Um, First Fridays are, are, are coming back. Um, yeah, so August 6th, First Friday is sponsored by the Senior Committee. Um, and the theme is Then and Now. And it's really going to be spectacular. Um, Teresa Dosh and, and Karen Burns, who run the Senior Committee, have been really working hard on it. And I think it's it's going to be amazing. Um, you know, they were able to kind of also connect with our town historians, Jim Malone and Richard Morris, and kind of pull those pieces together. And they have a really unique and special way that they're going to unveil then and now. So you're going to want to be in the downtown on That's August. Very 6th. cool. That's it's very super cool. cool. It's and really now, cool what's happening. Now, did, did I also see the She Shed is going to be doing a ladies' night week? Yes, Thursdays. Every Thursday is that? <laughs> yeah. Very I think it's cool. the first Thursday of every month. Um, you know, we had done a little performance kind of a thing a couple of weeks ago and it was a huge success. And Patty was like, you know, let's let's get the ladies together more often. And you know, I mean, you've been around us ladies, you yeah, know, we like yeah. we're a tribe. And so we we like to have things to do together. Um, and so I think it's great that Patty's taking that on. Patty, if you're still watching this podcast right now, we, I, you're going to be my next guest. I, I know you're on. No, yes. I want to talk about like how this business opened up and was <laughs> uh, the way I was in picturing it was it's, you know, pop-up picnics and like you could have charcuterie boards and it's turning into this like fun, funky, like not a club. I don't want to call it a club because that's the wrong <laughs> it's like, kind of is a club. <laughs> yeah, like people are eating, dancing, singing. It's like such a cool vibe. It's like, and again, it talk about positivity and happiness. Yeah. Like you yeah. walk into that space and it's bright and airy and like the vibe just screams happiness. Like it's awesome. I think you're touching so much on the value of having passionate people and supporting passionate people. Like when you feel supported, everything feels endless, right? Like it's like it, and, and, you know, I can say this like in Point Pleasant Beach, you know, we are a group of women who really rally behind each other. And Patty is, is such an incredible person. I mean, Patty has been cleaning our beaches with Lori Bennell for over a year now. She wakes up every morning and cleans those beaches, no matter how destroyed they are. And I think that what you're starting to see is, you know, when you invest in the community, the, the community invests back into you. And what that's doing and what I'm seeing with Patty is a great example. And you, you know, we're, we see this with each other. You you feel ignited and energized and like you're like, I want to take this to the next spot, the next spot, the next level. And I, I think that that's that's so um, symbolic of what's happening in Point Pleasant Beach. It's like next level, next level. How far can we go? And when you can walk downtown and walk into any business and have an immersive experience or feel like you're a part of this energy or find your new best friend or find another family to connect with or your child is being danced with in the middle of, you know, a band playing, 
it creates this sentimental wholesomeness that that makes Point Pleasant so different from any other town. And it's people like Patty that that are the game changers and the key people that are really um, taking what already exists and shining a spotlight on it um, in another way. Oh, what's Karen saying here? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to read this one out. So, so Councilman, uh, Councilperson Karen Brines saying uh, firework boat cruise tomorrow night, which is Thursday. So Jenkinson says fireworks every Thursday, weather permitting. Um, and the senior committee is doing a, a firework cruise, which is awesome. So, so cool. It, it, yeah, it's great too. And, and, you know, I have to say this just to kind of piggyback off this. Like I had the opportunity to attend um, the senior committee luncheon, you know, because like I like to go to all of the events. Like I really want to, you know, understand everyone's needs. And and um, for those of you, I mean, everybody in Point Pleasant knows Mr. Hennessy, who's, who's just a doll. And, you know, I was able to sit down and have a conversation with him. And he was just smiling from ear to ear. And this this is someone who is a veteran and a staple in our town. And he's smiling from ear to ear. And he's just like, this is wonderful. Like, this is wonderful what is happening. I'm so excited to be a part of it. And if you want a wealth of knowledge, go meet Mr. Hennessy at Baritaza in the morning. He's there. And you can sit with him, have a great cup of coffee with him. And I, I think that that is what's so exciting, right? It's like yeah. all of the age groups, every demographic is pulling together and it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I mean, I, I get excited to wake up and go walk downtown every single day. Right. I, you know, the, the, I'm going to want to tie up this podcast, but um, you know, <laughs> is Point Pleasant a tourist town? Yes. But is there so much for residents? I mean, it's endless. And like yeah. this boat cruise is a great example. And uh, simultaneously, while this boat cruise is going on for the fireworks, I'm actually going to be DJing on the River Bell. Um, the <gasps> Point Pleasant Borough Chamber is doing their you know annual banquet that they're not necessarily calling it an awards gala like it had been in the past. They just want to celebrate the fact that you know the chamber is back. So awesome. uh, I'm, I'm donating my time as a DJ. And I'm going to be DJing on the boat, awesome. and I'm excited to be with my chamber committee members, and we're going to be watching the fireworks also. And yeah, are the fireworks to bring tourists to town? Yeah. Sure. But they're yeah. equally for us locals yeah. to enjoy what we have here. And uh, you, you speak to something that's so important. Like, you know, you, you're a great example of this. Like, you're always giving back into the community. You are. You are an advocate. Like, you, you're invested and you're an advocate. And and I think that that is beautiful. Like, that that exactly. that is something that you either have it or you don't, right? You either have that spirited energy in you where you where, you are really dedicated to a mission or a purpose or giving back. And I, and I know you so well that I know that it's not like a branding or like marketing play, like, Oh, if I give back, everybody's going to come to my shop, but everyone respects you as a man and respects you as a business owner and as a father and as a husband, because you exude just positive energy and just it's selfless. It's very selfless. I, and I, 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 I appreciate that you saying that, and I, I'm going to cut you off because I don't want. No, this isn't, this I'm team. About putting me on a pedestal, but no, it's not I, about putting you on a pedestal. It's I, about saying that that's what's happening in in the community. Yes, you know, I'm using you as an people. example. Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of people, yourself Amazing included, people. who Amazing are. People. Yeah, and and again, yourself included, who are doing different things, and everybody's got different strengths. So, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody's a DJ. Like I could donate my DJ abilities, you know, because that's what I do for your know, full time career. But anything that you could do, whether it's cleaning the beaches or 
you know, just showing up at events or, or sharing as simple as sharing online yes. Uh, yes. upcoming event, you know, inviting friends or family members to participate in an arts festival or a tug of war contest or, you know, having kids come down and, and check out the new pleasure park. Like there's just so many great things going on. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, we and I know I speak for both of us when we say we're really proud to be a part of this mission and of this vision. I, I mean, I know we both really are. And, and it's it's a longstanding commitment. You know, I, I, I know that I know that we're really invested in, in making an impact and and just celebrating every aspect and every gem and jewel that's that's out there for this town. And so I, true. it's really well, cool. I think we gave away so many upcoming events and so many <laughs> tidbits of information. I I, yeah. I wish that, you know, I, I got to see if there's a way to have this all transcribed into text. Well, we can end on that note. So when Gottlieb is open, one of the uh, design elements that's, that's being put in the Gottlieb is to provide a centralized location for all of the information that's happening within the town. And so I will make sure that I keep a, a pulse and an eye on, on everything that's coming up and, um, you know, I want everyone to be able to have access to that information and we can email it, you can message me, you can, you know, reach out. Um, but when the physical space is ready, you know, you will be able to very easily access what is happening. Um, how, how do people now time. find the Gottlieb? Is there a website? Or yeah, a yeah. Media? So perfect. Our, um, our website is gottliebdistrict1906.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the Gottlieb. Um, and we do a lot of announcements, even in our stories, anything that's happening in town, we're constantly promoting and getting that information out. So make sure you keep your eye on that. There's events. We always post the events within, you know, our posts, um, or you can honest to God, reach out to me. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I like, I'm scared to say this because don't, my inbox is like this right now, but nope. reach out or if I'm downtown, just walk up to me and come talk to me. I, I would be so happy and delighted. I mean, I, I, I've been really enjoying meeting tourists, residents, children, seniors. It's, it's amazing. You, yeah, you, you can find the me. girl downtown in the tutu. 100% unapologetically in a tutu. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to close off on this and I think it's a great, happy ending to this uh, conversation, but I was just in Hilton Head and I was there for a business conference uh, and our keynote speaker was the owner of the Savannah Bananas. It's a minor league baseball team. And this guy opened up the seminar. He walks into the room. He's got a yellow top hat, yeah. full yellow tuxedo, yellow sneakers. How funny would it be to say I play for the bananas? Well, that's, that's <laughs> this whole thing is being different and standing out of the crowd and like, your tutu is his yellow tuxedo. He literally wrote a book called Find Your Yellow Tuxedo. And he talked about taking this minor league baseball team that frankly sucked and had no no statistics, no uh, uh, viewership. Nobody came to the games. He says, how can I turn this into something that people want? And now his games are sold out 24 seven ah, and love it. You know, we're, we're employing a lot of his tactics in my business. Yeah. And he talks about just reducing friction and like, what do you hate about going to baseball? Well, parking is atrocious. Um, it's super expensive, you know, to, for food, every one of these things mm -hmm. he's fixed. Like you go, you pay for a ticket and it's all you could eat. There's love no it. parking fees. 
You that. arrive and sure, you got to wait online to get into the stadium, but he mm -hmm. has bands and cheerleaders in the parking lot, like welcoming people. There's contests, there's games. And, and he took everything to this other level. Like his cheerleaders are actually grandmothers. Like it's I love that. that's awesome. Yes. We should uh, get, we should do that here. <laughs> Fallon, check this guy out. You, you I her. will. And, 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 and I love and, that you said this because the tutu, people don't know what the tutu is for me. And, it, and it's very symbolic of my own journey to uh, authenticity and just, you know, celebrating your talents and who you are and what you stand for. I was a professional ballerina for God's sakes, and people don't know this. And, and we should end on this because this is what's really cool and adds to what you're saying. If you study the history of our town and you do a deep dive like I did, I found that there was, you know, a very interesting marking in our town with a tutu. And uh, I'll, I'll throw this out there to anyone who can tell me where this exists on opening night for the Gottlieb. I will cover your your ticket. You will be my guest to the grand opening of the Gottlieb in one of the buildings in the downtown on a wall is a ballerina in a tutu with roller skates. Because believe it or not, there used to be a ballerina roller rink in our town. And wow. I did not know this before I started wearing the tutu in town. Wow. And I'm like, this is a calling. Like the, when things align like that, when I saw this in this building, I had chills. So <laughs> that anyone who can tell me where the, the roller rink ballerina is, um, I, I would like for you to be my guest for the grand opening of the Gottlieb. And this guy's amazing. That's wild. And yes, I, for those of you who are watching on Facebook, the, you know, you could see here, Jesse Cole in his yellow. Amazing. Um, That's what life's about. I, Go have he, fun. Live your life. Don't worry what he, people think. Do what makes you brilliant. happy. I mean, I could go on and on and on for days. Not only did we listen to his keynote speech, but then we went to the game the day after and everything that he talked about was delivered. Like the first base coach was a break dancer. They, yes. the first pitch, they throw out a banana. Like everything <laughs> that they did. Um, the youngest, the youngest person in the audience is generally like a little two or three month old baby. They wrap in a banana outfit and like hold the baby up like Lion King, and the the baseball players come out. I mean, it's so wild. I so love. It. And and there was no riffraff either, right? Like you can have fun without it being out of control. I was. It was so well done and tasteful. We need to do a game. <laughs> we should wild. do a podcast at the game. Yes. So uh, <laughs> anyway, this is episode thirty. This has been a lot of fun. I love the fact that it's an open format and we just talk yeah. about whatever. Um, you're definitely going to be back on another podcast. Oh boy! Um, Can't wait for you to be doing these in the Gottlieb. It's going to be yes. amazing. I'm so excited. This, uh, you know, I, I, I stink at my, I promised to do this weekly and the last couple of weeks I've kind of dipped off, but I'm back. Um, Dude, give yourself some grace. You're doing like 5,000 things. Oh my God. I'm looking at my emails just tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Right now, yeah. So, Get off um, and go do your work. <laughs> I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much, Fallon, for uh, giving us some of your time this afternoon. Thanks. Man. And uh, Point Pleasant Podcast, share it, like it, comment, and uh, tell your Be friends. Be a part of it. So much. Yes. Take care, everyone. Bye.